album before we introduce him, I want to just promote this album because I've been listening to it this week, even in my prayer time. You know, there is a, there is a sound that gets us into prayer. There's sounds for worship and then there's sounds that open you up to the deep place of prayer in God. This is the album called Remnant, and you can get that on Spotify. You can get it on, what was the other one? I forget, Apple. I know you can get it on Apple because I've got it on Apple. You can definitely get it on Spotify. Google, I guess, you can get it on as well. So I love on that album, Circling Part One. And I put that on repeat because it just has a sound. Immediately when I hear that sound, it just opens up this realm where I can feel God and it just gets me into prayer. So get that album, Ryan Smith, Remnant, download it, and it will help you get into that space in God. Yeah, so I'm about to introduce Ryan to you. Ryan is a darn nice guy. Let me just say that. A downright real human being. And you know what? You know, that, that is, that is a, a beautiful thing when someone is just so real and open And when they're real and open in their own lives, when they've been through a journey in their own lives where where they you know that they have been tested by God over many, many years, when they've been broken by God over many years, when they've proved faithful over many, many years, there is a richness that comes through that is so beautiful that it isn't even what they say or what they do, but they carry an anointing from God of impartation because they've been on the journey and they can take you on the journey they've been on. That's Ryan Smith for me. We've had a couple of conversations this week and we couldn't get off the phone. Like it was just, it was just like speaking to someone that you've known forever who understands your language. And I know you're going to love him. He's a worshiper, a songwriter, musician, recording artist, preacher, And he's the creative ministry and head of creative faculty at C3 Bible College. But as I said, he's a down-to-earth, beautiful human being. And let's have a little chat, Ryan, before you speak to the people. Let's welcome Ryan Smith. Let's put some love hearts up on the screen and give him a clap and love on him because he is family. Welcome him to the family. Welcome to our family, Ryan. Let me introduce you to your extended family. Beautiful. Everyone just wave to him and welcome him to the family. This is nice. This is, can I come up and do Christmas with all of you? Good morning. Thank you so much for that introduction. Yeah, absolutely. Come and do Christmas with us. See my house? It's big enough. I saw, well, yes, you're showing me the renovations and and some of the, have you got a pool? Yes, we're just putting one in, Ryan. If you want to come up next Saturday, you can help us put the pool in. Then you can come for Christmas because you've already paid your dues. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. My wife's in the corner. She's sitting on the couch. Michelle, I love you, Michelle. I want you guys to come up and have a meal with us. It would just be so lovely because I just we feel so connected to you. The few times that we've engaged you and the girls have engaged you. I know Pastor Phil has engaged you. So, yeah. you know, your family. We've adopted you. You can't argue about it. You're adopted. Jules, um, deal. can I just say? Yes, I've you can. Blessed. Can I just say God bless to Michelle? And uh, I want to give her a hand clap. Yeah. Because I know this guy's getting all the kudos. He's getting all the praise. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's the public figure. But behind the works, 
uh, as this marvelous woman. Mm. I've heard all about her. She mm. is the strength. She is the pillar of strength. She is the scaffolding mm. around Ryan. Without mm. her, Ryan would come down crumbling. Thank you. And, um, <laughs> and we appreciate you, sis. Thank you we for holding you, the line. Thank you for, for just holding the line with faithfulness to God yeah. in your marriage, in your life. I just, man, I could go on, but I bless you, sister. I just wanted to say that. Thank you, Jules. Thank you very much. You're welcome, darling. We love you, Michelle. <laughs> Shelly, I'll call you Shelly if that's all right. Now, Ryan, we're talking about abide, and you're kind of wrapping up this month for us where we've been talking about abide, you know, just mm. close relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And abide also means to make our home with Jesus. Yeah. To make home. But, but for a lot of us, and we talked about this in the last couple of weeks, mm. we can come in and out of that space. Yeah. Now, why is it that we slip back from this relationship on a regular basis? What do you think? Mm. Yeah, that's a really good <clears throat> point and a really good uh, question to kick off what we're doing today. I love the fact that you're in this month on abiding, which another translation talks about remaining. And uh, you would think a lot of people have said the reason we slip is because we stop having regular encounters with God, which is true. But um, we also have a tendency to complicate Christianity and discipleship. It's actually not complicated at all. But unfortunately, he's constantly trying to simplify God that is trying to simplify things. And we have this, uh, this uh, we're notorious for, so he simplifies, we're notorious for complicating. All he says is to remain, to abide. He doesn't say to strive for his love, doesn't say to, okay. to uh, over-function to get his love. You know, you have to be polished or you have to be image over substance to get my love. He just says simply to remain. Mm. And um, that's really what's being tested right now. And we slip because we stop having regular God encounters. Yes. Does Pastor Phil at Oxford Falls used to say that um, we only get strength for a day. And I thought that was fascinating when he taught on prayer and he taught about intimacy. So you only get strength for a day. So we'd be sort of flaunting our ignorance to think that we can have this sort of spasmodic connection with Christ. It just, it doesn't work. That's right. That's right. And I, I find that myself, Ryan. That's why we, we try and give these hints and these clues of mm. you know how have we found a way to open that door daily mm. and for mm. me i find you know just instrumental music yeah it doesn't interfere with my head too much but mm. actually mm. opens up a space yeah where i find god because yeah. in sound it's almost like it it, it it takes us on this journey into the presence of god i mean heaven is going to be filled with worship Mm, mm. filled with worship so we might as well get used to the fact that we're going to be surrounded by worship for eternity yeah yeah and so for me you know if i don't meet with him every morning yeah for me it's a morning thing i know i just don't i don't like who i become even in one mm. day oh yeah no, no i'm exactly you know, like you know what i mean like i start to you know really become fleshy totally and, and you know human but mm. when i'm in him everything seems to go right in my life as well you know what the kids, the house, the grandkids, what I have to do for church, it all seems to fall into place. I have one day away from it and it all goes chaotic again. So yeah. it is a place of peace and rest as well, abiding mm. in him. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, another thing I wanted to ask you, you know, we, we're constantly saying to our people and have been for 25 years, you know, you are the, you, it, is the, it is the ministry of the believer. 
Mm. Every one of you is a minister, that we are here as fivefold ministry to equip you yeah. for the work of ministry. Mm. It's not a spectator sport. It's like everybody has something. But why do you think, you know, that, that, that we find it difficult to, to understand that? as Christians that we that we go well you know how can I be a minister in my workplace how can I be why do we find it hard to understand why do we think it's only the person that gets paid or the person that's behind the pulpit that gets to do the work in ministry yeah that's something that seems to have been left unchecked for too long and I'm not sure where there was this misunderstanding in the body of Christ at large but particularly in the west um what seems to have crept in is that we will go to church yes and it's compartmentalized and you know we will get bring the 10 percent, as it were and we'll hear a message absorb that message and and that's our spirituality done for the week yeah um but uh it's gone on for so long and to such a degree that we've forgotten that it's 24 7 uh like john said in revelation i did not see a temple in the city because the lamb uh and the sun is its temple right church everywhere and there's many things that are being redefined right now and i'll be talking a bit about that in my message today but we're in a season of reduction and god is stripping away old things and it can be a difficult time because uh many people feel tempted to give up because they're deeply yes. invested. Yes. But there's some things that are not going to change, right? Yes. And and uh, one of those things is the call to ministry, irrespective of where you are. If you're a teacher in a school, that's yes. one of the highest callings because you don't know who's sitting in front of you, especially exactly. the ones that are driving you crazy. Yes. You know, if you're parenting kids, you're raising teenagers and, and you're identifying the different personalities and you've got to go around things a certain way, that's a high call absolutely that's worship see worship we we've put spirituality down to the attendance in a building god is bigger than a building but attending and singing songs but really it's the choices the very finite and subtle choices we make on a daily basis Mm, Uh, from integrity to interaction with others to not objectifying people but seeing them made in the image of god yeah that's where the songs are born that's it that's beautiful Mm. i love that absolutely love it you know, you asked me in our conversation the other day, you said, you know, Julie, I've spoken to a few other prophets. What do you think God is up to in this season? And it's like, well, do you have a year? It's yeah. like, <laughs> yes, no. in a nutshell, I, I said, in a nutshell, off the top of my head, mm. you know, I believe that God is clearing the stage yes. of the church, removing performance mm-hmm. and bringing us back to Jesus being the center of yeah. every stage yeah and and true worship he said there will come a time where you won't worship here or there but mm. you will worship me in spirit and in truth yeah now we're going back to church on december 5th mm. you know and and that's our prayer that everyone brings spirit and truth and transparency to worship the king of kings and the lord of lords mm. but in this season of reduction there's many things that have been that have been stripped away and yeah. things are going to be different. What's the things that won't change for you? What are the things that are just like unchangeable? They have to stay. Yeah. Well, they're the elements of the kingdom that never change, despite the me- methods in a state of flux. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think uh, when you look at the, at a, the picture of the cross, the crucifix with its vertical and horizontal component, 
when God strips away old things and reduces things back to what you can only take with you, yes, uh, it is going to be intimacy with God and then intimacy with others. It's the vertical and horizontal components. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I'm saying this to everybody, but when you do go back to church and you get out of your cars, walk slowly back to the building. Mm-hmm. You might go, what does he mean? <laughs> Reduce the amount of coffee you have in the morning, right? <laughs> <laughs> don't walk slowly because of fear or apprehension or anxiety. Walk slowly because you're present to God and you're present to his people. And you're aware. Don't be too quick to say things. Um, because the temptation is to is to be pulled back into uh, things that have happened, just circum circumstance. They've been circumstantial that have led us to um, ha- operating in certain ways. That God is actually refining and and causing to be a thing of the past. Walk slowly back to the building and be present to God, so you can be present to others, and. Um, and yeah, and you will, and you will hear His voice. The loudest voice that all of us should be hearing right now is God's voice coming out of heaven. Come on, that's the loudest voice. That's the loudest voice. If you spend time with Christ in the secret place and you come away, um, suddenly all the opinions um, evaporate. Mm. Amen. You start to operate out of a divine calling, and I know it sounds quite deep, but. Uh, this is a time to quit performance and mm-hmm. perfection and um, mm-hmm. feeling the need to present a polished image. This, this is, yeah, this is not going to cut it in the days of war. It's not, it's not, no, God's looking for his kids mm. and, and it's out of intimacy yeah. where we learn to fight because mm. that's when dad fights for us. Mm. You know, because when we're on our own, we can't face the things that we're facing in the world right now. No. But when, when we're standing there and the, and the very glory of God is all around us and the fire of God surrounds us, mm. we know that we are protected and loved and cared for and that he's in control. Yeah. It's a whole different ball game. Yes. When we look at the world and we can just relax and say, Dad's got this. Yeah. I'm okay. My dad's got this. Yes. I'm okay. Yeah. Hey, mm. I'm going to hand over to you because I know, I, I mean, the richness of your heart, two long phone calls this week, we <laughs> couldn't stop. I wanted to talk to you all day because the actual glory of God came down and it's coming mm. now. I can feel it mm. while we were, while we were speaking, because I, Ryan, you carry something of the Davidic anointing that releases a breakthrough for people into intimacy with God. So I'm going to release you to do what you do best. Thank you. And people, I pray that you open your hearts up and let God speak to you from a, from a different gift, from a different dimension. Mm. And especially those that have been struggling for intimacy, there's an anointing on this man to break you into that space, just like David saying, I have a sword and the demons fled. So believe in that anointing that's on this man, in his music and in his words. I release you, Ryan. Love you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Jules. Thank you very much. Well, um, I shared this recently about um, 
something that I think is pertinent to the time and season that we're in. And um, the body of Christ is, is in many ways been in a soulish, it's got stuck in a soulish way of doing things. And a soulish way of doing things is, is almost like a one size fits all. And uh, if you consider the, the person of David, who, who took food to his brothers, but saw Goliath and said, I can take care of this. Saul immediately criticized him for it. But then when he did agree to give David an opportunity, he wanted David to do it his way. He said, you know, where am I um, do it this way? This is the way I can control. This is the way I can uh, monitor what you're doing. I'm not going to feel emotionally threatened if I, if I, if I tell you to do it my way, he says, I can't do it. Now he tried, he complied. He said, look, this is not going to work. I need to be able to do it my way. If you want sparks to fly, I need to be able to do it my way, which is not a, an arrogant thing. It's, it's a differentiated heart. It's a heart that knows exactly who or she, he or she is in God's presence. 21 years ago, um, I was standing on stage at Oxford Falls in Pustville jumped up actually it was longer than that it was in 1998 and he prophesied that he said he saw the tallest buildings in the world crumbling to the ground i was playing guitar behind him and none of us really knew what was going on but of course three years later after the 9 11 attacks it became pretty obvious what he was speaking into and this year it's it's no wonder that this year happens to be the 20th anniversary of that instance now i'm not a conspiracy theorists person but I do know God works. The times are very important. Times, dates, and seasons are very important. If that was the technological tower of Babel crumbling to the ground, then it's actually time for the Davidic order to rise. It's time for us to build the Davidic temple again. And the, the, the nature of Saul, there may have been a grace on that for a time, but the key of David is what's going to unlock our future. You read about the key of David in Revelation and in Isaiah. And some people go, well, what's the key of David? The Davidic anointing is, is different to just mere prayer. The Davidic anointing is about consecration. It's about having no mixed motives. It's about holiness. My only agenda is to please God. David, David, uh, this is the one thing about David is that the giant made him famous, but it was his intimacy that brought him into the corridors of power. You know, when he was ushered into the corridors of power, it wasn't his uh, skills in combat. It was his uh, tender heart towards God. It was his intimacy that knocked the door down, brought him into that place. And so that's where we're going. Like if I had to drill down and just to one thing, I would say it's time for the Davidic company to arise, which is about intimacy. A shallow spirituality is not going to cut it in the 21st century. A borrowed spirituality, living off somebody else's spirituality. Because that all leads to a code of behavior. It leads to religion. If I do this and this and this, God, you'll do that and that and that. And that's treating God like a divine stock exchange. You can't trade with God. If you think you can uh, sacrifice things that he never asked you to sacrifice in the hopes that you'll escape pain in life, then you're kidding yourself. We're kidding ourselves. 
And so I had a couple of questions. I said before when I was talking to Jill, Pastor Jules, that, that God is definitely stripping away old things and that we are in this time of reduction, but also of recovery. The church has been exiled to the corners of society in many ways. And I want to just make it crystal clear this morning that being exiled to the corners of society where it was once in the middle of society integrated into all the movers and shakers, people attended church on the basis of their conscience alone. But in a world of postmodernism and progressive thinking and modernity, this sort of thing, where truth is up for grabs, absolute truth is up for grabs. Its voice has been drowned out and it's been exiled to the corners. And what you have to understand, what we have to understand is exile is not persecution or punishment. Exile is protection. We're being protected so that we can reflect, so that we can contemplate, so that we can heal, and so that we can reinvent. Because when we integrate back into society at large, um, we're going to be able to give something we're in possession of that can only be found in the secret place. My question this morning was, what's the point of achievement and success if our soul and our interior world is inflamed, fractured and unhealthy? Will you have the capacity to enjoy it? I think Jelly's putting up that question now for us to have a look at. What's the point? And prosperity has liberated us in the West particularly in the church, but it hasn't fulfilled us. We've actually regressed in our soul. We're very science focused in the West. We're success orientated in the West. We're not spirit focused in the West. So if you wonder why it can be difficult to remain in this subject of abiding in Christ, it's because there are forces, there are disembodied spirits at large, forces at play every day that are trying to block your prayers. Now, you already know that because you're in an incredibly powerful church in a prophetic church. But if you want to get the drop on the devil, you don't have to try too hard. You just have to be spiritually aware of that and have these regular aha moments throughout the course of the day. The Davidic anointing is not about overplaying your hand or overdoing it or trying to win God's favor or earn his love. You can't. None of us can be loved, received or forgiven by God any more than we already are. It's about being aware of the forces at play. And to understand that there is an anxious vortex all around us in communities, families, workplaces, societies, suburbs, even in our streets, seeking to draw us in or drag us in to anxiety. And it just goes from person to person to person. It's transferred from person to person to person. Our job is to absorb that anxiety and to lower the voltage on it. That's what we're called to do. What God has designed can't be abused or misguided or misdirected. We can't be engaging with what God has created outside of its original context for which it was made. This week I was called to a house with a couple of people I work with at church to pray for someone for deliverance. And we do this from time to time. And uh, I was reminded of something when we got to this place because this person's life was in an absolute mess. And the worse the mess or the greater the need of a miracle, the more exciting it gets because you got get to see God's word reach its full potential. And we got to this person's house. And I took my guitar, two other friends that I work with, and, and uh, 
she'd immersed herself in the spirit realm to such a degree. There were idols all throughout the house. There was uh, soul ties with wrong people. She'd seen uh, some pretty severe demonic activity and we had to, to lead her through uh, some pretty strong time of prayer, a pretty strong time of prayer where she needed to renounce, but also we need to call some things out. Anyway, we're there for an hour and we did, we conformed to the principles of the word of God and we did absolutely everything right. And there was a few little things at the end that just wouldn't go. It didn't matter how many times the confession was made, didn't how many times we raised our voice, didn't matter how many times we did this. And I thought, we're stuck. I'm not sure what we're going to do. And uh, she was locked up. She was frozen. And I looked into her eyes an hour and a half in. I said, can you sing in tune? And she said, what? I said, can you sing in tune? And she said, I, I think so. I said, I want you to stand up and stand next to me. This thing is not going to come out. So there's only one thing we can do. We're going to worship our way out. Can I tell you something at the Tower of Babel when the languages on earth were scrambled? There's only one language left on the earth that cannot be messed with, and that's the language of music. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. That's why the Levites go through such hell. Because the devil understands. He was a muser. So I started to play my guitar and I might as well just do it now. Is that okay? Any chance to play? <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, can you hear this all right? So I just started to go. We're going deeper in the fire. We're going deeper in the flames. And I'm burning all my idols Till every idol sings your name And I've been sleeping in the fire And I've been idle in the flames Forgot my consecration I treated life like it's a game So I ask you for forgiveness Let your fire come again Repairing every altar So I'm found in that flame I'll Just leave a plane behind if that's alright And I asked her to stand up and lift her hands and I don't think she really knew what was going on But I said open your mouth and let God fill it And we began to worship in that unit block 
We closed all the doors and we cried out to God and she began to sing out of her spirit. And darkness began to flee. Walls came down, confusion lifted, wrong thinking evaporated. The whole place started to fill with light. And I thought, wow, we can't lose this. It's the Davidic order. David had no idea. He had no idea who he was becoming on the backside of the mountains. He had no idea he was about to become the answer to somebody's question. He had no idea that he was about to become the solution to somebody's problem. And that's what the key of David is. It's to be so innocent in the presence of God. My only agenda is to please you. But up ahead, something's coming and you're being primed for it. It's found in worship. She began to sing. And when she sang, God turned up. What happens when we stop worshipping God and we settle for a shallow spirituality or a substitute for God? What happens when we relax the applications of the principles of the Word of God in our life? Jilly, maybe you could put up that Revelation scripture for me if that's okay. I want to read this over the church today. John saw this and a lot of people have referred to this as the second letter to the church in Ephesus. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you've tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. See, he's dismantling false constructs. You've persevered, have endured hardships for my name, have not grown weary, yet I have this against you. You've forsaken the love you had at first. First love. To go back to the time we were first saved, <laughs> when our hearts burned, when there were flames in our spirit and we couldn't wait to get to church. He says, consider how far you will fall and repent and do the things you did at first. When we stop worshipping God, layers of complexity begin to dominate our existence. But worship, worship simplifies things. It's the you and God. So when we stop worshipping God, number one is we lose ground that takes time to get back again. The devil steals it from us. He's waiting in the wings. Yes, he's looking for a crack in the door. He's looking for an opportunity. Waiting for his moment. Could be the violations of God's laws. Could be a trauma that's undealt with. We can grow lethargic when his divine life stops flowing. Suddenly our cup is no longer full. We lose our enthusiasm. Entheo, the origin, means to be in God. 
We blame him for our circumstances and our situation which has been self-inflicted. Our altar begins to break down and then the fire stops falling. That's what happens when we stop worshipping God. There are six sacred stones that keep this altar from breaking down. I, I loved hearing Pastor Phil this morning talk about giving you know, tithes and offerings. You know, uh, you're never more of a worshipper than when you bring your tithe. It's not a it's not a code of behavior. We don't give to get. We conform to the principles of God's word because we, we've already received. The revelation of the tithe. If I could only talk about one thing when it comes to worship, I wouldn't talk about the anointing. I'd talk about tithing. I don't know why that is. Pastor Phil was in a hotel room about three years ago before COVID and he got woken up in the middle of the night by demons and he was scared and he began to pray. I don't know where he was, but he said that he could hear the demons talking in the corner and one of them said to the other one, we can't get to him because of the tithe. Now he's either making that up or Christians across the world play games with God's property. It goes all the way back to the garden. You can you can have this and this and this, but you can't touch that. There's some things you are just not meant to know because it'll kill you. Prayer and the word. Two more sacred stones. Prayer is intimacy with Christ. It's slowing down for loving union. The word is having a conversation with Jesus. The, we start out reading the word, but the word reads us. To the degree that you and I know the word of God is to the degree that we will know ourselves. But then there's praise and worship. Praise is cognitive. We come in and we sing the happy, clappy songs. And don't get me wrong, they're awesome. But it's all about what God's done for us. Praise you for the job. Praise you for answered prayer. Praise you for healing my knee. Praise you for stopping the hurricane in Texas. But then all of a sudden it switches and the curtain of our hearts gets torn and we now enter into a place which has nothing to do with us. Worship is all about him. I just hear this, Pastor Julie, Pastor Phil, the curtain on your church is about to get torn again. And the royal priesthood of Davidic worshippers are about to come up to the high places. The air is cleaner up there. The air is cleaner. We think straight in the high places. That curtain is about to get torn, but you already know that. You already know that. Worship has nothing to do with us. The condition of our soul depends on the condition and the health of our worship. Worship is not for God's benefit, but rather exists to regulate our spirituality and consecration. He says, worship me, because if you don't, that God-shaped hole, something else is going to fill it. <laughs> something else is going to fill it. We've all heard statements like, as long as you have your health, as long as you've got your health. But when we say that, 
if we're really honest with ourselves, we're really just regarding our physical health. As, long, as soon as your health goes, we've got to be so careful that we don't separate body from person. Your interior world is weightless. It's already in the afterlife. Content in a message, the professionalism around the lyrics in a song, performance at work, none of those things atone for the absence of the anointing in your life. I've preached messages overseas where I've had content and I haven't got past the first sentence because the Holy Ghost hijacked the meeting. That yoke-destroying, burden-removing power, the anointing, fell. And we were in suspended animation. We all think content, content, content. It's got to be content rich. It's got to be content. No, it doesn't. You just need to dial into the timelessness of God. It's not the acquisition of material wealth, unless you're helping people, of course, because we leave everything behind in the end. You can't take it with you. Becoming who God wants you to become and doing what he's asked you to do, that, that's success. It's the faithfulness that he measures, and it all begins in worship. What happens when we worship God? What happens when we worship God? Number one is we yield. We yield, we yield, we yield. It's different to surrender. It's different to surrender. Surrender suggests defeat. Yielding is you stop fighting God. Stop acting independently from Him. Stop being in competition with Him. That's what happens when we worship. Images are restored. First of God, then of others, then of ourselves. See, that's what happens. You worship God and the pick the lens comes into focus and you have an aha moment. Oh, that's right. Why have I been anticipating punishment and judgment? <laughs> You're not like that. See, it's the love of the Father. We're entering the kingdom realm. The realm of fatherhood and sonship. The days of the branding, the days of the denomination, the days of the this, that and the other. And I don't think we realize the rapid rate of knots at which God is dismantling that. It's time to enter the kingdom realm and to get a revelation of the Father. None of us can be leaders in the church to the degree that we've been called until we've first been children of God. And that's what happens. We worship our image of the loving Father is restored. Then the image of each other gets restored. And then finally, the image we have of ourselves gets restored. And like I said before, we do become the answer to somebody's question. You know, just finishing before I pray for a few people, I want to say this, that... We have to be really careful that we don't mistake emotional moments for spiritual encounters. Sometimes a person could be crying on the altar, thinking that the power of God's touching them, but they really just need to quit sugar and get a good night's sleep. 
we need to be razor sharp on this one. You think it's an emotional moment. Can you have an emotional moment and a spiritual encounter? Yes. They work in tandem. But if we're just relying on the emotional highs and lows, thinking that we are having a spiritual encounter with God, we're kidding ourselves. David gives us the freedom and the permission to process the issues of the heart in the Psalms, in the laments of the Psalms. But the spiritual encounters, that's going to go on for eternity. So if we keep coming back to that place, yes, go on. Just before I pray for a few people, I just want you to close your eyes. And just lift your hands if you feel comfortable. I'm just going to sing that refrain again. Going deeper in the fire. We're going deeper in the flame. We're burning every idol. Every idol sings your Going deeper in the fires. We're going deeper in the flame. And we're burning every idol. Every idol sings your name. Just get healed this morning of wrong thinking. Come back to the Lord. It's not a one-time event. We come back to Christ every day. Multiple conversions to Jesus. Thank you.
Thank you, Lord God. If you need a miracle in your thinking this morning, you've tried to go back to that place of crashing through and it's just met with opposition like it was for Daniel, I want you to lift your hands right now. Because the Holy Spirit, it doesn't all depend on you. It doesn't all depend on you. The point of spiritual baptism is so that we don't live life in our own strength. So right now we're going to yield. Mm. And the difficulties around getting through into that place of intimacy, revelation, relationship, connection. There's an ease. There's an ease right now in the name of Jesus. Darcy West, I just see you there this morning on the screen, sir. I remember you. The days of Oxford Falls, faithful to God for as long as I can remember. Will you stand up? Is that all right? I just want you to stand up. Is that okay? Thank you, Lord, for this man. Agree with me, church. The strength, the strength, the strength, the strength, the strength. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Thank you for Darcy. Fresh anointing on him today, on his household, on his thinking. You know, Darcy, I, I know this is going to sound strange, but I see you putting oil on your hands in the morning. I see rubbing your hands together. And as you leave the house, you say, Holy Spirit, who do you want me to minister to? today. David said, anoint me with fresh oil. There is no retirement from the kingdom. There is only transition. There is only growth. So you are going to anoint your hands with fresh oil every morning for a season. And as you leave your house, there will be chance meetings and powerful encounters with people that are in need of a wide range of miracles from emotional to mental to physical to spiritual to relational to financial and you will you will be that vessel of honor you'll be the conduit for the move of god you're about to become the move of god stop we're not waiting for a move the kingdom of heaven is within you god we just thank you for darcy today we thank you for his faithfulness we thank you that he's a good man we thank you for the power of god on his heart and his mind, his entire life. You bless Julianne as well today. Thank you that, for that togetherness. I just really felt to pray for you, Das. God bless you, sir. Hallelujah. Is that Melian Waz? Was, sorry, my apologies. Melian Waz. I haven't met you guys, but I just see you there. Thank you, thank you, Lord, for this beautiful couple. Oh, yeah. Do you play worship music in your house? Wonderful. Mm. You guys don't run a business by any chance, do you? It's all right. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Mel, you going to say? Uh, we're sort of in the process. We, we were and we hopefully. Okay. Thank you, Lord. We're going to pray. Is that all right? Hallelujah. Thank you, church. It's a great for this beautiful couple. I just see it starting with worship in your house and this is not it's not a rebuke what i'm about to say and it's not even a warning 
it's it's like a it's God's consultancy service right now. This is not me. Uh, since God's saying that nobody is that smart, I don't even know why I'm saying that. But nobody's that smart. But your reliance on me is my grace in disguise. It's all going to start with worship. The people that you're going to reach, well before you've met them, God's already uh, identified them. You have. There's a lot of people you haven't met yet that are going to be a big part of your world. You haven't even met them. You haven't put faces to names, names to faces, but they're people you have not seen, but you will, and they will be a big part of the fabric of your life and your future. But you, I don't know why, but you've got to play worship in the house. Nobody's that smart. <laughs> I believe that you, your spiritual faculties are going to connect the dots on what I'm saying and it's going to make sense. It's funny, we've got to step out when we bring a prophetic word. We've got to trust that the spiritual faculties of the recipient are strong enough that they can actually interpret what God is saying. And it's not what we say, it's what God does with what we say. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Jesus that makes you beautiful. Don't ever make the rookie mistake thinking that, that it's you. It's Christ in you that makes you fabulous. Without him, average at best. With him, stunningly accurate. Stunningly accurate. And Jesus is coming to fulfill the work in your life. Thank you, God. How are we going for time, Pastor Jules, Pastor Phil? A couple more minutes, is that all right? Thank you, Lord. Another 10 minutes. Oh, look out. This is good. This is good. We're just warming up. Thank you, Lord God. Mm. Lauren, I can see you on the screen. I don't know. A lot of you people, just give us a wave. Beautiful blonde hair. I can see you. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. You know, as soon as I saw you, I don't know where this scripture is but the bible says that he was amazed the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority i just really sense that god is reviving you but your awareness of your authority mm. yeah 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 amazing authority it to be realized though but guess what the mark of an apostle is not in the apostle's strength, it's in their gentleness. And that's where the authority is for you. Do this for me, just lift your palms towards heaven. Thank God for virtual church, that it can actually still work through a screen, that we can be in a company of believers, different parts of the world. Thank you for Lauren. Thank you for that amazing authority on a life. Authority to speak and have it happen. Authority to pray for somebody and for them to experience their miracle. Authority to be exactly what I was preaching before, the answer to somebody's question, the solution to somebody's problem. Now, I don't know whether you sleep well or not. I don't know, but I do know this that God is going to wake you in the middle of the night. Now, prophets of different people have, have received that kind of a word at times. 
And I believe that it's because that's the time when God wants your full undivided attention, which makes no sense. Because wouldn't you think that was the time a person needs to sleep? Well, about midnight, Paul and Silas in that prison cell, they began to worship about midnight at the most inconvenient time. That's when the miracle and the authority reached its full potential. So if you do get woken, no, it's not a possum on the roof. It's not a knock on the door. It's not the sound of the neighbors blaring this car stereo. It's God saying, come away. Come away and experience the miracle of my love. It's got to do with your authority, Lauren. It's got to do with your authority. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Mm. I want to pray for the gentleman who retired. Was that Frank Flannery? Was Frank? Frank? Just going to pray for you, sir, if that's okay. Um, there's nothing worse than when people take a holiday, right? They pack their bags, they take a holiday, or they save up and whatnot, and they get to where they're going and it rains, <laughs> right? The plane's been overbooked, right? Or the plane's been overbooked, it rains, the wet, so the weather's terrible, the hotel, or the plane loses your luggage, the yeah, hotel... You know, there's a problem with the booking at the hotel. The food's terrible. The service is terrible. And it just, it's, and this is my point. When people take holidays, I know you're not taking a holiday, but when people take holidays, for us, it's God giving us the capacity to enjoy it. It's God blessing that holiday. It's not the holiday. It's God's fingerprints on that holiday. And I'm praying for your retirement right now that it's blessed of God and highly favored. Mm. You know, sometimes people think they're doing less, but I just see that, I don't even know why I'm saying this, Frank, that maybe in the doing less, you're going to achieve more. There's going to be a greater return on investment. And your cup is always going to be full. Thank you for Frank Flannery right now, for his faithfulness, for his dedication and for finishing well for finishing well and for the integrity on his life. We just ask you, God, this morning as a church, we're in agreement that you bless this retirement move and you give him the capacity to enjoy it. He's been looking forward to it. I thank you that he's going to enjoy it. He's going to wake up every morning and he's going to sense your delight. It's the delight of the Father. It's the delight of the Father. You take care of everything, God. It take care of everything. Yeah. I thank you that he's going to see things in the word, in scripture that he hasn't seen in his whole life. I thank you that passages of scripture that meant something 20 years ago are going to mean something completely different from this day on. Yeah. And we just ask God that you would keep his whole house healthy, holistic, physically well, mentally well, financially well. And I thank you, God, that, uh, that every thought he has is not a Frank thought, it's a God thought. Yes. It's a God thought. <laughs> mm. Hallelujah. Bless the Flannery household. Thank you, God. Thank you. Yeah. <sighs> mm. 
Maybe we just wait for a few minutes. Is that okay? It's going to turn up my guitar and we can just sit. Create space for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, burn every false construct. Burn it away. Burn it away. Burn it away. Everything that needs to be shaken, let it be shaken. Let it be dismantled. The precious gold remains. We're not playing games, God. We're not playing games with the anointing. Oh, yes, God. Thank you for Jilly Flaxman. Just reminding you today, Jill, that you are dangerous are dangerous when you sing the whole room goes hot and the holiness 
He's coming back for a holy church. Your take on holiness is not yours. It's been given to you by God. Preserve the revelation. Do not, do not treat the gifts with contempt. Because you're one of the generation that God's called. going deeper, that well of holiness, deeper, 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 deeper today. Oh, and I did say this to you when I first met you, that your songs are going to protect your children. It's not you and your husband, although you guys are amazing, but it's your songs that cover your kids. And I want to get this right. Your eldest is Joey, yeah? Well, she is terrific. They're all terrific. They're beautiful. But Joey, like, make no mistake. She can't be underestimated. Joey's here somewhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where are you, Joey? There you are. <laughs> where are you? Where are you? Sorry, sorry. But uh, love harder. Thank you, God. Page two. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I can see you. There you go. Hallelujah. Thank you for Joey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not to be underestimated. This is what I see. I'll be careful how I say this word, but I know, Joey, you're a smart girl, so you're, you're going to understand what I'm about to say, but you are a scary good judge of character. Scary. You can sniff the wind of the Holy Spirit, but you can also smell the inauthentic coming from a mile away. And don't be surprised as you come into an awareness that you actually have superpowers from God. Right? You want to manage those powers. You want to nurture those powers. Mm. But you're going to protect mum and dad. As mum's songs have protected you and your siblings, you're going to protect mum and dad. There'll be moments where you will speak and they will listen. And you don't have to try, just say what you see. Because God has built you that platform. It's not yours, it's been given to you by God. Mm. You are enjoying the fulfillment of years and years of prayer. There is a dynastic anointing on your life. I'm so glad this is being recorded because you can watch this back. But a dynastic anointing is spiritual wealth. The currency of heaven on your life has been birthed in the realms of the spirit so that you didn't have to. blessing Joey's life today. Thank you for influencing the days of all. Mm. Not just profile, but influence. Influence. To change the trends. Influence to shift darkness. Influence 
to change the thinking. I also feel to say this, Joey, that your friend's attention is the thing that the world's wanting. Their attention is for sale. The young people need the power of God. Mm. So facilitate the move of God. Your way, your time. Your interpretation of the move. And that's part of this Davidic anointing. You're going to be fast and you're going to be light. You're going to be light on your feet. No traffic in your soul. It's just going to be, just it's, you're just going to glide over it. It's going to be awesome. Thank you for Joey. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you allow this message to go in. That right now her spirit understands what's been prayed. It doesn't require interpretation. It just requires her to receive. Mm. Yeah. You are a blessing to this family, Joey. Blessing to your parents, to your siblings, grandparents, cousins, aunties, uncles, and friends. Amen. Well, we could be going through more and more veils of consciousness, Pastor Julie, but I should probably hand back to you. People say to me, what do you do when you plateau in the realms of the spirit? I say, just go through another veil. <laughs> like, it's limitless. You just go through another veil. But what do we do now? Just go through another veil. What do we do now? Just go through another veil. It's like there's no borders to how deep you can go in God. We're going deeper in the fire. So much to see. I love you guys. Thank you for having me. Pastor Julie, Pastor Phil. I know, uh, Ryan, that we're going to go through, quickly go through another veil. We're not going to go into breakout rooms today, guys. We wanted to give Ryan all the time and how beautiful was that. But uh, I know Pastor Phil has a word for you, Ryan. He got it uh, yesterday afternoon and he, and he wants to give that to you. So I'll just hand over to him for a moment. And we can, can record this, Phil. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, guys, fantastic. Um, I was in, in the presence of the Lord most of the day yesterday and I had a wonderful time in the word of God and it just came so easily this word I didn't mean to do it I didn't prepare to do it it just flowed but firstly I want to just um, just say that to the church would you join with me would you just push towards this word and I'm doing it because I was inspired by the Lord I'm commending it to the Lord to the Holy Spirit right now but I want to say to the church pastorally uh, in 2 Peter chapter 1, this is for the whole church, because what we've heard was just so brilliant and marvelous. And I think shed light on a lot of dimensions of what God is doing through this transitional time we're in into this new era. I think we've got to get used to the fact we're not going back to normal. We're in a new era. And the Bible says in 2 uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 19, we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will also do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star, which is Jesus, rises in your heart. So I pray that the Lord Jesus has risen in your heart uh, this morning, and I could read more of that, but listen. I, I had this word and I commend it to you, Lord God. And the scripture goes like this. And I know we know this scripture, but the Lord, I'm just doing this by obedience. And this is for you, Ryan. And um, because the Lord is raising vessels of fire, uh, of glory, uh, breaking demonic uh, spells over people's hearts, uh, churches, uh, uh, communities. Uh, and it, I would even be bold enough to say, 
even nations, and because he is releasing a great awakening. Now, Lord, I commend this word to Ryan, and uh, saints, press towards this and help me with this. Then Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you'll send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation, this church, is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. But how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate. We shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. I think another version says we will be distinguished. We will be distinguished by the presence. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace, Ryan. You have found grace in my sight. And I know you by name, Ryan Smith, that he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Exodus 33, 12 to 19. Now, to, to just cap that off by saying, like Moses, Ryan, you have a great yearning of the heart for God to reveal his ways and his glory to you, but to others. Thus, your longing for experiential fellowship with God and his word. Now, I mean word in the now, in the now word. Yes, the, uh, yes it's the logos word, but the now word, the rhema word, uh, is much greater than doing. I'll say that again. Thus, your longing for experiential fellowship with God and his word is much greater than doing. Although to love God, to love God is to obey his assignment. And I declare there is the established will of God through the word of God, but there is the revealed will of God, the revealed will of God through the prophetic. Now, this scripture, it's another one that the Lord gave me for you by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And I'll say this, so and the scripture goes like this. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. So we've gone from lambs to sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. John 21, 15 to 17. 
this is the deal. There is a multi-dimensional ministry within you, Ryan, Pastor Ryan, Prophet Ryan, um, Davidic Ryan, and the grace of God will reveal it. Jesus is the healer and the revealer. Now, this is another scripture he's given me, but we have the treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power the all-surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies and your body, Ryan, for we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you, Christ Jesus. I felt the Spirit say, Ryan, continue to prioritize your devotional life above all else, especially including Psalm 42 in its entirety, Psalm 42. And remember this, sir. The goodness of God is your portion, Ryan, and God is your inheritance. Amen. And if there was a bonus track, I would give you 1 John 2, 15 to 17. And also from another prophetic source that I got this morning, I declare this over you. There is such a deep awakening and activation taking place in the hearts of believers as they spend time in the word in this hour that it is causing them to wake up in their authority in Christ in greater ways. There is a deep revelatory insight and wisdom God is releasing through his word right now that are keys for the new era. I said new era. I heard the Lord say, that get this, I heard the Lord say, the battle is over my people being deep in my word, because my word will bring the breaker. And mm -hmm. I want to say the breaker anointing, mm -hmm. the word of God that you shall bring shall have a breaker anointing. Psalm 119, 114, you are my hiding place and my shield, mm -hmm. I hope in your word there's something about the word of god that has been invested in you that shall come out like a two-edged sword and the two-edged sword is one edge is of god's god's intentionality and the other edge is the revelation by that which you give that word of god and that word will be like a scalpel cutting tenderly sensitively into people's lives, into the interior of their lives, and cutting out even cancers and mindsets that are not of God. Vain imaginations are being cut out by the word of the living God that you carry, sir. Never, never underestimate the word of God that is uttered from your mouth. It shall come out by words of wisdom, words of prophecy, and just off the cuff, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 6, 7, 8, you have been richly blessed with the riches of giftedness. And Paul was saying to the Corinthians, you are just so vastly blessed. And he says that you have been enriched. And sir, you have an enrichment 
of ministry that certainly I believe needs to be apportioned into many people, churches at large, communities and, and regions, but nations. I commend that word to you, sir. Fresh oil anointing upon you, breaker anointing continue, and you are a vessel of fire of glory breaking demonic spells over people, even churches, to release a great awakening. You will step into churches and you will break that demonic spell over that church by Davidic ministry and by the utterance of the wisdom of God and the prophetic word that you carry. And you will reconstruct that church in the spirit realm so that it can worship on new dimensions, so that it can speak the word of God into kingdom dimensions. So that's my deal. It is the kingdom of God that is coming to you, sir. And you are being rewired, reformatted, rebooted, reconstituted to be that kingdom of God minister. And I declare that in Jesus' name. Fire and glory shall flow from you and shall be prominent in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Amazing. Oh. Wow. So... Wow, what an incredible Zoom. Um, obviously, the presence of God is in our homes right now. And, um, and we would encourage you to just spend the rest of the day just letting God speak to you. I believe that there's words that God wants to speak into every single one of your hearts. And we've just been positioned in a place right now for God to speak to us. So I encourage you to find space, find time today. Listen, as, as we... Um, We've got Ryan Smith's album. Now, Remnant, we play it in our homes all the time. And there's something about this album, Ryan, the spirit that you carry on you. Like, we can listen to a, lots of worship music. We like to have music playing in our house all the time. And But there's such a spirit on that album. And I find it, like, I can't even put one word to it because it's so intricate and it's so complex, the spirit on that album. Because there's, I feel there's, like a deepness, there's peace, there's healing, there's like a, you know, a, a stirring up of the spirits again. And I think that as you play that album over your home, over your soul, you're going to be refreshed, you're going to be awakened. It's just this opening for you to connect with heaven again. And Ryan, I truly believe that there's a spirit of alignment on you. And that God, the spirit that's resting on you right now, it is so needed for the house of God for his worship. Because for too long, as you said, the worship has been so self-centered, so about us, so about our needs, about what he's done in our life. It's been so emotionally driven about, you know, my life is good, now my life is down. And so our worship is following that pattern. But I believe that he wants to come in and he wants to take over his worship in his house again. And he wants to turn it around and to be completely focused on him, to take our eyes completely off ourselves and put it completely on him. And I truly believe that there's worshippers sitting in churches right now that are just laying dormant. And they're laying dormant from discouragement. They're laying dormant from, from lack of spirituality and worship. They're just discouraged. And I believe that the worship and the, the message that's on your heart is called for the church for this time right now. And as you speak, it unlocks. It unlocks that Levite spirit. 
And I believe that they're not just worshippers because they're musicians or singers, but there's worshippers. Pauline Flannery, you're a Levite. You're a worshipper for him, for his glorification, for his love. You know, it's not just all about us. It's not just all about performance, but worship is for him. And there are worshippers laying dormant in his house right now that are just discouraged and they need a fresh word. They need to connect with the spirit that's in you right now, Ryan. So I just encourage you and I pray that your message could go out and and just be a flame through every church and that all of these dormant worshippers that I just feel so, I feel so much for them because I understand, you know, it is hard. You do get discouraged. And, you know, when you're someone that wants to connect so deeply with God, and you just kept getting this superficial worship slapped in your face, it's discouraging. But I believe that there is a time now, people's hearts are ready now. There's been a stillness and people are ready to hear and ready to connect back into worship with God. So church, thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Michelle. Bless you. Bless your family. Thank you for your time this morning. And we just pray, church, that as we continue on to our Sabbath, that you would continue to let God speak to you, continue to let him deepen his relationship in your heart, stir up your heart again, believe again, because his worship is being stirred up. Bless you, church. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you next week.